0: Welcome to Unbound, a show where we talk about how to break free and live authentically. I'm your host and integrative healer, Crystal Lynn, and I help women to make their lives their medicine through integrative nutrition, emotional healing, and spiritual connection. If you're ready to break free of the chains that are holding you back, heal your pain, up level your mindset, and become the best version of yourself, body, mind, and spirit, then stick around. I'm so grateful that you're here. Hey guys, I have a really, really special collaboration for you today. I have my incredible friend, mentor, teacher, and former youth pastor, Megan Faulkner, on the podcast. Megan is originally from Delaware and is currently the pastoral director of student ministries in Ocean Grove, New Jersey, where she has served for 13 years. Her enthusiasm for ministry to teenagers and their families, the marginalized and orphans, have collided into a singular passion for seeing people encounter the love of Jesus and leave radically changed. Megan's blog, Joy in the Journey, depicts ridiculous tales of living a life filled with Jesus and his grace. Megan's podcast, Wife Me Up, can be found on any podcast platform. Its mission is to create things for others to enjoy. And her passions in life include Haitian orphans, sunshine, and coffee in that exact order. You guys, I'm so excited for you to get to hear a little bit more about Megan's story. Megan has played such a huge role in my life. And has mentored me growing up, and I've known her for over ten years now. And so, to do this podcast collab and now be um, in just a friendship, mentorship relationship with her is something that I really cherish. So I cannot wait for you to hear what she has to say. And um, I want to add in one more fun fact before we introduce Megan on the show that she is the charcuterie queen, and you will see that if you visit her Instagram page. Or her podcast, which if you stick around and listen to the end or you check the show notes, you will see where to find her. Thanks for listening. Hi, you guys. We are back with another episode of Unbound. And today I'm doing an awesome collaboration with Miss Megan Faulkner. Super happy to have her here. You heard all about her amazing bio. And uh, Megan is somebody who's really special to me, and um, I want to just introduce her and let her say hi. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening today. (laughs) Yeah, so we're going to jump in, and today we are talking all about um, emotional health, and this is something that Megan and I have talked a lot about, and I know it's been a huge part of her journey, and she's done so much work in this area, and it's something that uh, I coach a lot with my clients, and I think it's so important to just express and have a conversation about how emotional work can impact your life so that's what we're going to be talking about today Mm. so um first things first megan just tell us a little bit about what you do and i know you wear a lot of different hats and they're super powerful and impactful so hear about them (laughs) yeah so my full-time job um is
1: that i'm a youth pastor I serve um, kids in sixth through twelfth grade and their families through spiritual development, and I am a writer and a podcaster. I have different publications that I write for, working on kind of a big project publication of my own right now, which I'm super excited about, and I host a podcast called Wife Me Up. Yes, you do, and-, <laughs> and you've been on it, so thanks, girl. Oh, thanks for having me
0: and returning the collaboration here. Yeah, you guys should totally listen to "Wake Me Up" if you haven't already. I usually share it because it's just so powerful. Mm. So love it. Um, and Maya, I know that emotional health has been a huge part of your journey, and I just to the extent that you're comfortable sharing. <laughs> Tell <laughs> like me all your details. <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> um yeah, no, but this can be like a really vulnerable topic. So just yeah. I just thank you so much for being open to talking about it. Oh, but sure. um yeah, like what's your experience been like with emotional health and how that's impacted your journey?
1: So Emotional health has been a journey. I will just (laughs) (laughs) start there. Mm -hmm. Um, I test as like a ESTJ on the Myers-Briggs, so like high thinking, judgment, Mm -hmm. kind of functional. obviously an extrovert. It's just very clear. Um, I'm also an Enneagram three. And so that is an achiever. So those things become really important to me and kind of have, as I look back through my life as a little girl, um, achievement was really important to me. But what that also means is that I struggle with feelings Mm -hmm. and I struggle um, with emotions. And so, um, when I was a little girl, I was told that I was overly emotional, mm-hmm. and someone close to me said that. And I just had like big feelings about a lot of things, like mm-hmm. just really like, big feelings about like all the stuff. <laughs> um, and I was kind of reactive, but like most elementary school kids are, right? Yeah. They're just like reacting to the situations around them. And um, so I was confronted about that behavior, and so. Because of like kind of my temperament, my personality makeup, I just decided that, oh, if someone confronted me about this thing, it must mean that it's bad. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just going to shut it off. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to shut off those emotions. And it took some time to do that. Obviously, uh, middle school and hormones were raging. And then you fight (laughs) with your mom and like you go through all of those stages. Um, But as I grew, I just kind of made this like almost subconscious choice to just be like, okay, they don't want my emotions, and so emotions must be bad. So then I really started to suppress them in high school and college and um, through my 20s um, right after college just just kind of stuffed everything away and Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily um, engage in my emotions I think Mm -hmm. is the right thing. Um, The other thing was that I was being kind of – molded to be in nonprofit leadership, which I am, um, especially in the the religious field. And I was told over and over and over again by like this book or this teaching or this pastor or whoever, Mm -hmm. like it was just kind of like this thing that women aren't effective leaders because they're emotionally driven and that men are more effective leaders than women Mm -hmm. because they are... Um, ra- rationale driven, they have more rational yeah. behaviors and thought patterns. And because achievement is important to me, I wanted to be the best leader that yeah. I could possibly be. So I just decided I was gonna, that must have meant that I was supposed to be a rational person, that yeah. I was supposed to be a rational leader. So I just shut off my emotions, especially publicly. Um, didn't really have too many emotions very publicly and just like suppress, 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 suppress. So that was like kind of the theme mm. um, that leads to this breaking point. So fast forward. I was in leadership for 12 years and I endured some really insane, painful personal trials, um, some painful professional trials, Mm -hmm. some painful um, like loss in my life. I had really significant loss within this like 18 month period. um, And it was just so painful, Mm -hmm. just really, really painful. Um, And I just found myself essentially not feeling anything. Like I had kind of trained myself to become numb to like everything except for achievement. Mm. And so like if it wasn't achievement-based, I just like wasn't handling it. And sure, like did I cry in that time? Yes. Like did I express frustration in that time? Sure. Um, But it certainly wasn't publicly. It wasn't very vulnerable. And it never was the real thing. So whatever I was crying about wasn't really what I was crying about. Or whatever I was feeling wasn't really what I was feeling. I was just masking it to people who are asking so fast forward um this, this all happened about three years ago. I uh, worked like a dog one summer, like just work, 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 mm-hmm. work, 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 worked. It was August, I was in um, a building where a lot of our um, ministry happens. It was in the evening mm-hmm. and there was a huge performance that night and it was like this Mecca of the things that like we had mm-hmm. all worked for and everybody was so excited and there was like 150 kids there and there's like this huge staff and it was like an all eyes on kind yeah. of situation. I brought my staff a charcuterie that day. I was like, here you go. Like great work. I'm so pumped for you. You did it. And I sat down in this room um, with my staff and all of a sudden I feel this wave come from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head. And it happened like over and over and over again. I got super hot, Mm. really clammy. The whole room was dizzy Mm. and I felt like I couldn't form like a sentence. Mm. And my friend was sitting across from me. She happened to work on our staff and I was like, I was like, is it hot? It's hot, right? And she was like, no, this building is freezing. And and the building is freezing. Like it's notoriously freezing, you know. Yeah. It's like notoriously freezing. And I was like, am I okay? Like is my and she was like, you you look fine. Like you're like what? And I was like, is my face white? And she was like, no. I was like, is my am I hot? And she came over and fought me and she was like, okay, yeah, you are kind of hot. And I was like, the room's spinning. And I feel like like there's like a wave and I like feel like I came over. and I was just like kind of fumbling through this thing so she gets a cold compress and people pray for me and they like put ice on me and whatever Uh and and i made it through the night and eventually the wave stopped and eventually the dizziness stopped and so the next morning, I know this is long. I'm getting to this point. The next morning, I uh, made an appointment with my chiropractor. I actually texted him that night on the way out of work. It was like 11. And I was like, hey, I think I'm having this bout of vertigo. I like convinced myself that it was vertigo yeah. that I was experiencing. And my mom struggles with vertigo. Sorry, mom, if you're listening to put all your stuff out there. But my mom has, <laughs> some, has some vertigo. So I was like, oh, I'm I'm certain that this is vertigo. Yeah. So I go to my chiropractor in the morning and I'm kind of feeling, um, actually don't know what it's like to be hungover because yeah. I don't like participate in excessive drinking, but I'd imagine that's like what it felt like. I yeah. just felt like really like leftover, just like really like, yeah. you know, down and like kind of ugly and like my, like body hurt. And it was just like very weird. My brain was foggy. Yeah. I went to see the chiropractor i sit down and he was like listen um we have to be really careful here because there's a couple different kinds of vertigo and i don't want to treat the wrong thing because it could activate oh, wow. so like i don't i don't want to do the wrong thing on you to cause something else so i just right. want to have like a really serious conversation with you ask a lot of questions and and i love my chiropractor i've been with him for 12 years mm. he's like a huge part of my healing and so he starts asking all these questions and it's yes. And it's no, and it's, yes and it's no. And then he looked at me and I will never forget this moment. As long as I live, he just looked me dead in my eyes and he goes, Megan, are you okay? Mm. And I like looked at him and I was like, no. Mm. And then he said, are you stressed? And I burst no. into tears. So for me, that's like, very public display of emotion, yeah. And so I, I like burst into tears, and he was like, "It's okay." And he just like held my hand. He like scooted his little Aww. like wheelie chair <laughs> yeah. stool thing like right in front of me, and he just like held my hand, and he was like, Let's "Just take a couple deep breaths." And he like did some like breath work. He yeah. <laughs> was like, "You're gonna be okay." And I was like, "Okay." And he said, um, "I don't like that I have to be the one to tell you this, but y- you're not experiencing vertigo." You had, a, you had a
0: panic attack. Yeah,
1: And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Because I don't panic. Like right. I am in control and I am in charge mm. and I can manipulate my feelings to be yeah. exactly what I want them to be. And so I was like, no, it's not a panic attack. And he was like, let's, let's start another one. Yeah. So he gave me this huge like gallon of Fiji water and put <laughs> yeah. an electrolyte tablet in it. I was like, before you leave today, you have to drink half of this. Like mm-hmm. these are the rules. And he put me in a dark room on this like wave bed And it was amazing. And he took my phone from me and he set a timer for 15 minutes and he left. Mm. And he said, do whatever you have to do in here. Mm. And I sobbed, like loudly sobbed for 15 minutes. Mm. And I think it was just the culmination of years and years and years of suppression, especially the last 18 months that led to that like kind of moment. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to die. Like that's how I felt. Like I yeah. was like this is this must be how people feel when they die. Yeah. And so it became that was the catalyst mm-hmm. by which I was like I can't live like this anymore. This is not the right thing for me. This mm-hmm. is not healthy. So I scheduled an appointment with a therapist the next week. I told them it was an emergency and I wasn't going to hurt myself or anybody else, but it was an emergency because yeah. I couldn't feel like that. So it was yeah. like an emergency to me. Yeah. So I met with my therapist for the first time and um, worked with her like over the last, the the next year and a half. Um, and... She, it took her a few, um, a few <laughs> sessions before she was just like, enough. Like you, I had not heard one emotion from you. Like, and yeah. she would always ask me like, can you place a feeling on that? Like yeah. I would tell her something and she'd ask me to put a feeling to that thing and yeah. I could never do it. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. Like, how are you supposed to feel? Because I'm just people pleasing. Whatever I'm supposed to feel, that's what I want to feel. Yeah. And so she, Worked very graciously, (laughs) very tirelessly with me and had me do a lot of like feelings exercises Mm. and feelings based talk therapy, which was so hard. Yeah. Um, but she was like, Megan, you want healing. And I know that you do, or you wouldn't be here. And part of that is that you have to do this hard work. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And and so because I'm an Enneagram three, I wanted to achieve the healing. Yeah. So now I was just shifting my focus from like success achievement in terms of the world standards into, wow. I'm going to achieve healing because I know that this is what is right for me yeah. and my life is drastically different today mm. as a result
0: of that wow yeah that's incredible <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for sharing that and being vulnerable it's yeah, yeah it's not easy but that that moment for you with the culmination of all of that it's isn't it so interesting that we can have things that happen in either the present or in that season of life that it feels like it's those things, but it's really all of the other stuff underneath that that just triggered off. It's all underneath of that. Yeah, it was
1: like a total onion. Yes, right. So I absolutely. was like, oh, let's handle the vertigo, LOL. Yeah. Like, okay, which was then a panic attack, okay, which uh-huh. became like a you need help, which then just, it was just this layer. Like, I felt like my whole life was just kind of like being unearthed. Like, yes. I, I feel like that sh- my therapist, especially like dug up this tree, flipped it upside down shook the dirt off the roots and was like let's talk about this stuff right and i was like i don't i don't
0: yeah, <laughs> that's why they're buried yeah, under the ground. That's why they're the roots. <laughs> that's why they're the roots. Like, right? No, we put the flower bed on top. That's yeah, right. like it's just going to be make it pretty, make uh-huh. it
1: nice. And I just and to be honest, Krista and listeners, like I was just exhausted. Yeah, I was exhausted from pretending, from yeah. making it nice. I had been through like hell essentially, yeah. and was like. I just can't pretend anymore. Yeah. Like I was being like super strong and I felt like that was what was required of me in addition to that is what um, people wanted from yeah. me and who they knew me to be. Yeah. And, um, you know, I got texts a lot in that, that 18 months prior to kind of the, the reckoning moment Mm -hmm. in my life where people are like, you are just a rock. Like, how are you even still functioning? Like it was just one really big hit after another and, and a lot of hurt in the midst of that. And I just Mm -hmm. was like, I felt, um, like so powerful when people would be like, you're a rock, like you're so solid. And now I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm actually like clay. I'm very moldable. I'm a mess. Like, (laughs) like, I'm actually muddy water. Like I have nothing to do with the rock. Right. Um, and that feels better to me because I think mm. the rock was just a lot of like fake identity. Yeah.
0: I remember I I was applying to my first coaching program and I got midway through the conversation and this particular coaching program worked a lot with like trauma and emotional um, like dysfunction and things like that. And it was halfway through the conversation. And um, the coach said, she was like, you know, we work a lot with like you know, women who have trauma or have just, you know, emotional baggage they want to sort through. And I'm yeah. in my spirit, like, oh my gosh, that's me. And I I was like, whoa, wait, wait, wait. She's like, I don't really think you're a good fit for this. You know, you really just, it sounds like you just need to talk to a friend. And I realized halfway through that conversation that I was putting on a show for her and my yes. entire life was performance. Yep. And it wasn't until that moment where she kind of, was indicating that I would be denied the help that I desperately knew, but wasn't willing to show. Exactly. That I was like, oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah. You can see all the ugly parts of me now. Yes. Like, let me tell you the truth. And she was yes. like, oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Like, you definitely fit in this program. Right, and do <laughs> you does feel
1: like you're like, I, I, this is like a very weird analogy, but like I sometimes feel and even now, like as we're talking, like you're unzipping your skin. Oh, literally. Like you feel like you're coming out of very your skin. And you're like, okay. You're like like yeah. I'm literally hemorrhaging and the world is watching yes. me. And like, but I just came to a point where I was like, that feels better than faking it. Yeah. And that feels better than being told, like, you're a rock. Like right. whatever. F the rock. Like yeah. I yeah. wanna be a rock. <laughs> no more for me. Like, rock for me. <laughs> like this is oh,
0: bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that makes me think of, I I want to know your thoughts on this because somebody actually just asked me this question the other day and I have thoughts on it, but I want to hear yours from your perspective and working in just that environment, the culture. Do you feel that there's a stigma around mental health in the church? And if so, like what can be done to start to break that? Yeah, I think it's starting to break now, yeah. but I do believe that
1: for years, mm-hmm. um, there is a system where like, well, you have Jesus. Yeah okay, you're absolutely right. I do have, I just actually preached a sermon this past weekend. Like we have Jesus, we have everything we need. Right. We do. And sometimes we have everything we need in the form of a therapist. Yes. And sometimes we have everything we need in the form of a health coach. And sometimes mm-hmm. we have everything we need in the form of community. Yeah. And, and Jesus works, I believe that Jesus works in and through all of those things. Yes. And so, and sometimes it's a rehab facility and sometimes it's a, a sabbatical. And, and so it's a lie to say that Christians don't struggle with mental health. And I think that I am so here for the unmasking of Mm -hmm. the Christian culture. I'm just so here for it because it's so ugly and it's sinful. And to say like, why would they struggle? Like Mm. people, I I did have someone like question Mm. if I should be in ministry in that time of struggling. And I was like, yeah, because yeah. it's the most real thing because I'm still clinging to Jesus. Right. Like he is still number one. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a lie to say that Christians don't struggle, Yeah, but we've taught people that. And mm-hmm. so it, it is, there is a problem with, with mental health in, in the church, in the Christian world. And, I do believe, though, that we're turning a corner in that. Yes. There have been um, several pastors I know, none personally, just kind of watching mm-hmm. um, them from far away this past year specifically, um, who have struggled with some mental health very publicly, right. um, shared their experiences, and a few who have taken their own lives. Mm-hmm. And suicide is something that's really close to my heart, um, and and I'm, I'm grateful that God is kind of uprooting this system in the church because – nowhere in scripture does it promise that we won't have struggle in fact it promises that that we we will will. yes (laughs) and so like what like why are Mm -hmm. we pretending to be perfect and i think there's like little church culture all over that's just like oh here's my perfect family we're dressed perfectly and we're at church on time and we screamed at each other the entire way here but we're here we're gonna we're gonna pretend and we're gonna Mm -hmm. fake it and you know what that's fine if people want to fake it that's Mm -hmm. between them and jesus but i just will not participate in that anymore
0: yeah i love that yeah yeah i I'm it makes it. me think of <laughs> totally. Heck yeah! I, you know, it's like the whole. um, I feel like we we have used the scripture in some ways with the, with God will provide and all of these things yes. of like God God provides for the birds, but he doesn't put the worms in the nest, and like that goes for yeah. everything. It's like you can't if you know you're. You need money. You you won't just sit in your house and wait for right. God you're to gonna, pay the bill. You're going to go gonna find, find a job. job. So if right. you desire to be emotionally healthy and um, you know mentally and spiritually healthy, you have to go out and you have to do the work. Yeah. And God provides the the medium of, like you said, therapy or coaching or yeah, any type of you know healing work. Doctors and yes. chiropractors and yes. just friends. Like He provides right. those people along your path to facilitate that healing. Um, but I just think that's such an important thing to to chat yeah. about. So thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. Yeah,
1: my therapist too is a Christian, and I mm-hmm. specifically chose that. Like right. I wanted someone with a worldview that I that I trusted, aligned, with, aligned yeah. with, like my thought patterns and processes. Mm-hmm. And and so I specifically sought out a Christian therapist. And and she didn't like say like, you know, the Bible says this. That. She did some really yeah. hard work with me, and then would be like, okay, let's pray together. Let's pray that God seals what happened in this room together today. Right. Let's pray that you experience His goodness this week, like, mm-hmm. you know, like over and over again, just very, very consciously and very um, carefully pointing me to Jesus along yeah. the way. And so like, thank God there are people like her who have that calling yes. in the world. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. so if you want to be a Christian faker, like that's fine, yeah. but you're never going to live the abundant life that John ten ten tells us we can have yeah. if you're like busy faking it. Right. And yeah. so if you want abundance, you would have you would seek healing yeah. and get abundance. And, and I've experienced that as a result of emotional healing. I've experienced insane abundance, yeah. like in so many areas of my life. Right. And I worked for it and I got it. And it was like a pick up your mat and walk yes. kind of situation. Yep. Like Jesus is like, you know, this paralyzed man is laying here and he's like, Oh, do you want to be well? Okay. Yeah, pick up your mat and walk. Mm-hmm. Get up. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to get up. Ready? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to get up. up. Yeah. yeah. My, my therapist was like, yeah, you are definitely a get up, get up off your get mat Walk, girl, girl. Like, yeah. and walk. And, but like, I think it's important for Christians to know that just because you have Jesus or just because you are a Christian or belong to Christian church or community does not mean that you won't struggle. That yes. is a lie uh-huh. that the world tells us or... That the church tells us, to yeah. be honest, yeah. like, yes, we have everything we need in Jesus, including maybe therapists, medicine, yes. rehab, and coaching. Whatever you need. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I love, I know you like Dr. Caroline Leaf too. Mm. You love all her stuff, right? It's my girl. She, I know. She <laughs> actually did something one time. Uh, she did an interview with um, Stephen Burdick about mental health and, mm-hmm. and band-aiding, band-aiding, whether it be scripture or positive yeah. affirmations or words of encouragement and co- that causing cognitive dissonance where you're actually doing more harm than you are good yeah. by, you know, o- speaking over things that haven't truly been healed yet. That's right. And that healing comes from feeling it first. Like you yeah. have to feel those things and you firsthand experience that yourself where it's yep. like you numbed yourself for so long and then had to actually feel in order to be, have that pain redeemed. You have to feel Good. to heal. You have to feel to heal. The yeah. healing's in <laughs> the feeling. Yeah, exactly. For sure. And you know, one other thought I had too, when you were talking about, you know, being a, a little kid and having these reactions and things like that, I was just thinking about that the other day where like, think about the like extent of how little kids handle emotion. It's like they feel something so intense. Like, I can't have a snack. Okay. They melt down. I'm raging, I mean, raging
1: down. against like, the machine. Falling. Yeah. i <laughs> <them, laughs> raging yeah. against the
0: machine. Fall yeah. apart. Yeah. Meltdown, five minutes later, they're fine. Exactly. Because right? they felt it. Because they felt it and they're over yeah. it now. Like, they moved on. They didn't yeah. hold on to it. And then our preconditioning or our societal norms tell us that that's not an okay way to feel or react. Yeah. And then we start to stuff things and then we carry this. Stuff with us all the way into our adulthood. It has to be unearthed and you can't feel it because you're too much. You weren't supposed to do that. Yeah. So it just made me think like, you know, if, if you are somebody as a listener, who's feeling like I've just been told that I'm too much or I'm too emotional my whole life, like that is societal... Stuff. Good and and it's good for yeah exactly good <laughs> feel it yeah and you know the other thing is sometimes when we are told something we actually start to mirror it because we adopt it as an, our identity and so if you do feel like that and you feel that there is some truth resonating to that that's not really who you are that is just a a, a mirror of a projection that sure. you've adopted so you know I think a lot well, of times we that's start- kind of
1: Cool. Yeah. I mean, right? it's, it's sad to think about, but it's like good to know yeah. that little nugget.
0: Yeah. Because when we know where it comes from, we can actually have a lot of self-compassion and forgiveness and release it and yeah. acknowledge that it was never our burden to carry. It was right. somebody else's words over our lives. Yeah. And there's no finger pointing and there's no one to blame. Right. We all do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's our own stuff and it's it's pain on top of pain. And this is where forgiveness is so powerful.
1: Yeah. No, I'm super grateful for um, like that kind of work and and having specifically like a therapist, a coach who just says like, listen, you have to feel this thing. And and it is. Listen, I'm going to let you know it's still uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Like it's not yep. always easy. Like some <laughs> days I'm like the, the good emotions are the comfortable ones. So yeah. I had to do this um, feeling work in my journal with my yep. therapist where my homework was to sit for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. set a 10 minute timer, mm-hmm. feel whatever feel like do a check in. What are you feeling today, Megan? Mm-hmm. And I'd had to write them down the date, write the three emo- the top three emotions down. And then the variables that that like, why I thought I was feeling that thing. Yeah. That is the hardest homework I've had in my life. Yeah. I have degrees, I've mm-hmm. written papers. The hardest homework was yeah. my feelings homework. And I would take my journals back to her and I would be like, what was this? Like, <laughs> What is this feeling? <laughs> why is, what's this one? Like, uh-huh. can we talk about this? And she would like, give me this feeling chart. Well, really, it's this. And what about uh-huh. this? And would ask all these connecting questions. Yeah. And I was, I felt like I was learning so much about feeling systems and also how my heart like related to those yeah. things in that time. So it became okay, but it never was comfortable. Right. So if you're looking for comfortable, you're like, I'm going to feel my feelings and I'm going to be comfortable. I promise you, you will not. It was like, yeah, it's not <laughs> going to be comfortable. None of this is comfortable. It going like, to get worse before it gets it better. Does. Yep. It and, does. And this
0: is why so many don't actually do the work and right. they sit in their their comfortable, unhealthy place because yeah. we have to, Our one of our most valuable skills is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. And one of one of the things my, my coach says to me the most is good, sit in it. Yeah. You're like, sitting no, it. Like, no, I you. don't want, I it. Don't want I to don't sit in like, it. He's like, sit in just a little longer. Like you sit in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to come sit in next to me? <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Totally.
1: Oh, oh such a valid gosh, point. So funny. Yeah. Don't, don't look for comfortability here.
0: No, no comfort. <laughs> <Not happening. laughs> later. Well, we'll experience it later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so Megan, out of all of the emotional work that you've done, mm-hmm. um, what would you say are the most helpful investments or tools that you've implemented in your emotional health journey?
1: Yeah, I think I have four, to mm-hmm. be honest. Okay. Um, the first one, obviously, is finding a therapist that mm-hmm. was really incredible to work with and yeah. like listened and understood um, kind of the path and who I was. Mm-hmm. And she laughed a lot through our therapy. And I was like, is she laughing at me or with me? But Isn't just so yeah, like so <laughs> compassionate. Um, so I think finding a therapist, parts and memory coaching was insanely healing mm. for me. Um, just because there is even in my first parts of memory, there are things that I I didn't even know I still knew.
0: Yeah. Does that make
1: sense? Definitely. And so that has been like incredibly healing and kind of renaming some of those projections spoken yeah. over my life um, was was just really, really healing. Um, the third thing was journaling and getting quiet. Yeah. Like understanding that it was okay to like wake up in the morning and mm. keep it slow and yeah. be quiet and not rush into production. Mm-hmm. Um was, is new for me. Like this is like a year. I've been on this like journey for like the last two years really. Um, so like kind of scheduling that journaling and quiet, quiet time, um, was really beneficial. And then the fourth thing, and this is not popular, um, but boundaries, yeah. Um, with specific people and Mm. specific things. Um, because I realized that they were playing, a role that I didn't want them to play. Yeah. And so if they weren't, if those people and those things weren't going to heal to change their role, mm. I had to change mine. Right. And so um, I put up some boundaries and some were talked about and some were not. Some mm. I just was like, this is the distance that I need to put here. Mm-hmm. This is the roadblock that I need to put here. This is the no that I'm saying here. Yeah. Um. But all of those things became really good because what that did was give me time. Mm. And I think that I was just living in this like tornado of a life. Mm -hmm. um that was just so success and fulfillment oriented that I wasn't taking any time to like actually do the whole thing or the right thing Mm -hmm. and so um placing boundaries in certain with in certain relationships and certain friendships and certain scenarios with certain whatever's entities um became crucial to my healing
0: Definitely, boundaries is so important. That's something I, I really admire you for because I I can see you place healthy boundaries in your life, and yeah. um, that's been a huge part of my journey. That's been challenging, and yeah. that's actually been something I've been talking a lot with my clients about is just setting healthy boundaries. And it's like it's like that next level. Like you will never experience freedom until you create boundaries. It's true, you know, and breaking through true. that, and how to acknowledge that. Setting healthy boundaries doesn't only benefit you, it benefits everybody else around you. Mm-hmm. Because whether we realize it or not at the time, they also need to learn. Like there's most likely some form of codependency there yeah. when there is no boundary. Yeah. And so by releasing that and placing the boundary into play, you allow somebody else to get really healthy in that area of their life on their own too. So it's yeah. serving both of you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Setting boundaries. Um, I love that you said it it allowed the other person to get health or create, mm-hmm. get, you know, be healthy or get their own health journey going. Um, I, I found that to be true. Yeah. And it's, it's just so important. And I, I am healthier. Like I I have a Sabbath every week, Fridays, yeah. I schedule nothing, I do nothing, I like plan nothing. I just exist in a Friday. And I'm the healthiest I've ever been yeah. as a result of that. And um, even so far as like physical health, where I since I started, this is like kind of a crazy correlation. And, and I don't know if it's like causation correlation yeah. like i'm kind of understanding this thing too but i have not been physically ill in 2 years since mm. i started this emotional journey Amazing. and i would get sick very sick every year like i had h1n1 i had pneumonia i had bronchitis i get dehydrated mm-hmm. like really quickly um i struggled with migraines and and i've had none of that in yeah. 2 years like thank right. you jesus and i just plead that same thing going forward. (laughs) Um, But I think it's because it was a, it was a view shift and like setting these boundaries and creating quiet times and doing parts in memory and going to therapy allowed me to see myself as well. Yeah. Then I was just kind of like operating in this, like, I know I'm not okay, but no Mm -hmm. one else does. And then that kind of like, Manifested's like a weird word right now, but that kind of like came through in mm-hmm. physical thing. When you're super stressed, your yeah. immune system is suppressed. We know that. Totally. Like that's the truth. It's kind so, of your body
0: asking you for help too or trying right. to consciously show Somebody else, I'm not okay without you having to say it.
1: Yeah, I would get like super, super sick, like hospital sick, almost like yeah. once a year. I remember and that? It was like really scary, and I. But then I would always bounce back. It would be like a week and a half or two weeks, and like, I like would always be like, "Whoo, okay, that's done." Yeah. Okay. And I now I'm like, oh, I haven't been sick, yeah. and we're in the middle of pandemania, right? And <laughs> I haven't been sick, and I. Do attribute a lot of that to like all of these systems working together Mm. um, in my body, like my emotional and my physical kind of operating in tandem. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: So amazing. And for those of you who don't know, you probably know the other healing modalities, but parts of memory is not a super popular one, but that is something that I use in my coaching programs with um, women that I work with, and it's based off the concept of multiplicity. And basically, we uncover different parts of your subconscious that are holding yeah, these stories. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and uh, we identify where a lot of root cause trauma comes from, and that allows for you to have a lot of freedom. Yeah. So, you know, if that's something that you are interested in experiencing, I'd love to hear from you too, because um, I've felt the the benefits and the healing in my own life and so that has now uh inspired me to become certified and share it with others because it is definitely a powerful healing modality. I
1: can attest to that.
0: And <laughs> I do think if you're like on the fence of like what
1: is that? Just do it. Mm-hmm. Like experience it and then decide what you think about it because mm-hmm. I was in a situation where I was like I don't know what I think about
0: this. Yeah.
1: Um and I had watched some other people actually get parts in memory um like healing and I was like, I still don't know what I think about it, but I'm just gonna do it and yeah. then I'll decide. Yeah. And it was incredibly powerful. And I've had a few sessions that have been, um, I mean, really truly life changing.
0: Mm. Yeah. Wow, that's so awesome. I remember when you first reached out to me, Brad, You're like, I have no idea why I'm asking you to do this. Yeah. But <laughs> I kind of want to experience it. I was like, Hi. You're like, hi, do I really want to do it? I don't know. You were like, you do. I'm like, trust me, you got it. You don't worry about it. It's all good. And you're
1: like, uh, yeah, we can do it. And I was like, okay, but maybe you could tell me no. <laughs> maybe maybe you don't have time for it right now. <laughs> oh, she had time.
0: Oh, yeah. We always <laughs> have time for that work. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you kind of almost just addressed my next question for you is what would you say to the person who thinks they're quote unquote doing pretty well um, and is therefore on the border of investing further into their emotional health?
1: Yeah. I would just like remind us that our emotional connects to our physical, that mm. connects to our spiritual, mm-hmm. um, for a healed and whole life. Yeah. And, I think that it's super important. You know, we can run races every single day yeah. and we can lift weights and um, we, I swim. So we could swim a, a thousand laps a day. Yeah. Um, but if we're not dealing with the emotional thing, like we're never going to optimize any of it. Yeah. And as an Enneagram three, I recommend <laughs> optimization. And so if I, I just kind of switched my thinking to like, okay, my physical health will be better. My spiritual health is for sure better. I've yeah. never been more dependent on Jesus than I am right. um, now. And, and just very in tune with like, this is what is happening and this is what he's doing. But I'm making that time, right? Yeah. Like I'm like getting quiet and journaling and and figuring it out. And um, so I just would remind that person that, that just because you're okay in one doesn't mean you are in another. If you're on the fence, you're like, I'm doing all right. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, like they all connect and they all matter. And so if you want to optimize your total health, Mm -hmm. connecting your emotional to your physical and your spiritual is the way to do that. Mm,
0: I love that. I can attest to that so much because – In my experience, like you could, you could be the healthiest person in the world. You could do, you go to CrossFit every day, get all your organic kale and you could be so miserable. And it's not until you address all three components, the physical, spiritual, and emotional, that you really, truly get freedom and you get healthy.
1: Yeah. And yeah, and I have experienced freedom in it. And it doesn't mean that there's not work to do, right? right. Like, like we live in, a, in the world. Yes. And so there's going to be emotional things we have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, I want to look a certain way or feel a certain way or be able to swim however many yeah. more lengths or whatever it is. Um, and all of that is easier when all of those things are connected. Yeah. And I think that, you know, just like jumping into that, being willing to mm-hmm. jump into it, Makes a difference.
0: Yeah, being willing to jump in with your time and financial investment too, like that's something that I've really learned. Like, yeah. it is worth it is worth your time, it is worth your money, and it will change your life.
1: Right. Like, if you want to heal, yeah, you're gonna do anything,
0: whatever mat you have to pick up to do that, you have to do that. You have to do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and you will get to that point eventually. Yeah. Exactly. I was, was like, like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, was what it, what's a panic attack? <laughs>
1: I was just, that floored me. I was like, what do you mean Megan Faulkner had a panic attack? What do you mean? Yeah. She doesn't panic. And he was like, she is panicking. (laughs) She's panicking right now. I'm watching it. Yeah. Yeah, he he, we've talked about that since then. And he actually has said, if I videotaped you that day, you Mm. wouldn't recognize yourself. Yeah. Like he was like, you would look at that video and think like, I have no idea who that girl is. Yeah. And he just was like, you're so far somewhere else. It was Mm. like, you weren't even in your head. You weren't even behind your eyes. Like, you just were in a different
0: land. Yeah.
1: And I was like, I I was. That's such a big escapism land.
0: Yeah, <laughs> literally escapism and just masking the real issue. And yeah. that's such a big part of healing too—is actually acknowledging where you came from. Like yeah. A lot of times, I think that we grow so much, and then we sit in this space We're like, I'm not where I want to be. And in reality, it's like, whoa, well, look where you were Thank six God months God ago. I'm like there. Yes. Like look where you were six months ago. Like this is amazing, yeah. you know. And just taking that awareness is something that I've found in myself and then working with people now to be so powerful is actually like I'll have, I actually have my clients vlog weekly so that we can look back on their stuff. Cause exactly like you said, you want to recognize the person in the video, your, your energy completely changes when you start to get healthy. Yes.
1: Yeah. And I think that that is something that I'm glad he didn't videotape me. (laughs) Like I, I wouldn't want to say that would bring me pain. I would have to write in my journal. I'm experiencing pain and then like the whole thing. But, um, I'm glad that we've had that conversation since then because yeah. that is important for me to know. And even I see him weekly now because I don't want to ever get a headache or whatever. So yeah. I just you know do weekly chiropractic care. But he um, even now I'll be like, "There's my girl!" Like he like makes like like she's still back, like she's still here. Yeah, kind of comments that are just like encouraging. You know, yeah. like you're like, "Oh yeah," like I was gone yeah. and just pretending and faking and you know and and I thought I was being real that's right. the thing like mm-hmm. you're like you know I would write these blogs and be like you know like there's pain in the world and let's respond to pain and I would like pray at church like people who are struggling meanwhile like I'm not raising my hand for any of right. it and like I'm not you know like hanging out through it I'm yeah. just like in escapism land like on right. an island somewhere <laughs> like pretending <laughs> I wasn't here escapism. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, me and like my coconut drink, right? Like, <laughs> no, no, I'm fine. I'm good over here. Really, yeah, I'm, I'm like getting sunburnt and like blisters. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's it is so important to go back and be like, oh, look at this journey. Like, look yeah. at where I came from and where I am now, and mm. that kind of spurs spurs you on to keep doing the work.
0: Yeah. So Megan, where are you now with all this and what has the emotional healing like allowed (laughs) you to do in your life? Because I know that you've started so many new adventures in the past, the season of your life.
1: The truest thing I can tell you is that I am like more free now than I've ever been Mm. in my life. Um, Yeah, emotional healing – became like my battle cry. Like mm-hmm. I was like I know that if this doesn't get right, I'm not going to get right the next thing or the next thing or the next thing. And so I just kind of threw myself into this healing and was like this is this is what I'm going to be doing. So now, um, I don't see my therapist anymore. It's so sad. She broke up with me. (laughs) She was like, call me if you need me. And I was like, but I need you. you? She was like, no, you don't. (laughs) So I haven't seen her for a while, actually just, you know, little emergencies or things that I make up as emergencies, just so I can (laughs) see she's still there. Um, she's still there. And, um, yeah, I just feel more free. I feel, um, I'm in a place of like, actual true contentment Mm. and I can't say that about any other part of my like part in my life yeah um and so yeah contentment and freedom is really like the end goal here Mm. and and not that I've like here I am and I've achieved it right but I worked freaking hard like (laughs) and like I got it and I do feel like you know there are still days where like things happen and and you're like okay like am I going to respond to this how old Megan would, or am I going to respond to this Mm. with like the tools and the things that I have now to, you know, make a better day for myself than whatever is coming at me. And I just like, yeah, there's no real, you can, it's, this sounds haughty and I don't mean for this to sound haughty. Like, please hear my heart. When you are healed or, or healing and healed and when you are content you can see so much discontent in others. And so I think where I am now is that it's, this journey has made me incredibly more compassionate. Yeah. Um, And, and I'm sa- like, I'm sad when I see my friends or people mm-hmm. close to me or people, you know, in my, in my sphere who are struggling because I want to be like, listen, I was you. Yeah. Like, you know, you're struggling with X, Y, and Z and you're, you can tell that you're discontent. You're grasping for like this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing. And yeah. you're like striving, 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 or like just like living in anxiety or living in depression or li- like, we don't have to live in those things no. and we can be healed from them. And yep. the, the world wants us to believe that we can't. Right. And that's a lie. Mm-hmm. We can be healed from depression. I, I'm healed from that. We mm-hmm. can be healed from anxiety. We can be healed from panic. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to stay in this system, those yeah. those systems for our lives. It's mm-hmm. just not true. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I just feel free, content, and compassionate. Mm,
0: that's so beautiful and <laughs> Thanks, inspiring. Thanks, <girl. laughs> I'm so happy that it's just part Of your story now, yeah, it's so great, and like you said, the journey continues, right? Because we're just hit with things, yeah, all the time, end. and it never ends. And yeah. you know, that's a common misperception, but we just keep going with the tools that we have, and yeah, we keep learning more with the information we know now, exactly and it's just right. Great. Keep yep. climbing the ladder, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome, yes. So, Megan, if you were to recommend one thing to practice on a daily basis from your own experience that has it positively impacted your emotional health what would what would it be journaling yes hands down
1: hands down Journaling. Yeah. <laughs> I know um and it's not because I'm a writer I'm actually not a great journaler <laughs> I really am not my writing is very um productive my journaling is like it, it looks like a psychopath lives in there um but I would recommend journaling and mm-hmm. and really it's just to get the thoughts out of my head, right? Yeah. So like when they're in my head, they feel trapped. Mm-hmm. I'm the only person who knows it. When I put it on paper, they're out of my head and potentially someone else could know them. Yeah. And that had to become less scary to me. And so the only way to do it was to do it. Right. And so, um, yeah, journaling every day, even like some – This week I had one really busy morning. It wasn't my fault. It was nobody's fault. It just was like a thing. It was just like an up and running like kind of thing. And so my journal literally has three sentences in it, but it exists and it's there. And so it just has, it's a Mm. non-negotiable. It's not pretty. It's not perfect. It doesn't look like Pinterest. It looks nothing like those little bullet journals that people put on like the little Instagram things. Like it's ugly. It has different pen colors. There's Mm -hmm. scratches in it. There are whole pages that are blacked out um and I I journaled a lot in my life and then when I was like kind of in this like depression cycle I couldn't yeah. and it was that was scary to me and my therapist was like why don't you get a black journal and mm-hmm. just write all the dark thoughts in the black journal and then yeah. when you have happy thoughts write them in a di- or different thoughts that aren't dark write them in a different so I had like three different journals for a while through yeah. that healing and we kind of categorize them and now the black journal is like so far gone I don't know where it is I think I threw it out hopefully I did um <laughs> So yeah, journaling. I would definitely mm. recommend a daily. And if you're like, that's not for me, I'm not a journaler. <laughs> Make yourself one. Yeah, you are one. You will learn. Yeah, you will learn. Like oh, I don't like water. Okay, well you have to have it to survive. So think <laughs> of it like this. Like, <laughs> stop telling yourself you're not something and this just start your, doing
0: it. This is your emotional water?
1: Yeah, just it is emotional into, water. Yeah, just yeah. journal even if it's like this is baloney. Mm okay, good. I'm glad you put something on paper. <laughs> yeah.
0: Awesome. You got a thought out of your head. Yeah, good, exactly. Good job. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Journaling for sure. Oh, couldn't agree with you more on that. You journal is like <laughs> your subconscious and um, I think a lot of us too feel like, oh, journaling so much work because we have to explain ourselves. Like, no, it's just, your it's journal. More. Like how often do you really go back and read it? And I'm sure if it was really that impactful in you're like, you're yeah. going to remember exactly what it was exactly about. Exactly right. So, you know, it's not, you don't have to do this big, like narrative storybook style. Just no. write down your thoughts, brain down, yeah, Stop it letting out.
1: Pinterest tell you what your journal has to look and like.
0: Ex- amen to that. Just stop. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, thank you so much. Yeah. I want to make sure that, uh, listeners know where to find you. Oh, yeah. So tell us where we can find you.
1: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Megany e. Falk, F-A-U-L-K. And you can find me on my website at MeganEFalkner.com. And that just has a link to everything else, too. Mm-hmm. Um, my podcast, Wife mm-hmm. Me Up. Um, and me. <laughs> yeah, my blog, my writing projects are all in there. So e. com or on Instagram at Megan e. Falk
0: Awesome. Yeah, definitely check Megan out. She's so much wisdom to share and... Just, yeah, <sighs> radiance and beauty and <laughs> compassion. So go check her out. Listen to her podcast. Wake me up. And Megan, thank you so much for doing this. Thank and you. Just this conversation.
1: So fun. Appreciate you so just much. Feeling very unzipped on Unbound
0: today. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> on, on this episode of Unzipped. <laughs> within Unbound. That's what this episode we called Unzipped. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Oh, see you guys next time. Hey, you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you like what you heard, remember to take a screenshot and share it on IG and tag me at SomaSonder. Leave a like and a review. It helps the show grow tremendously and builds our community. As always, the DMs are open and I'd love to connect and have a deeper conversation with you. Until next time, go live boundless, babe.